0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 52 of At the Coffee Table podcast. I'm Jason Clank, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by uh, Jeremy Donch. Uh, he's a past chief of the Franklin Lake Fire Department in New Jersey and spokesperson, I guess you could say, for National Fire Radio. One of the uh, founders of National Fire Radio. Uh, I wanted Jeremy to come on. I, I thought it was a good opportunity. I'm a big fan of their their content that National Fire Radio puts out. And uh, I love the content that Jeremy puts out personally and some of the conversations that he has about firehouse, firehouse life, um, being in the fire service. So Jeremy, thanks for joining me here today.
1: No, oh, absolutely. I'm honored, man. This is cool. It's always it's always fun to talk shop. So, I'm I'm in 100%. <laughs>
0: awesome. So, why don't you give everybody kind of your background, your background in the fire service and how National Fire Radio got started?
1: Yeah, so uh been a fireman for 25 years, second generation. Um absolutely in love with it from day one. I was a student of it from when I was probably 10 years old on, right? It was that, you know, being I consider myself very fortunate to be a second generation firefighter because that gives me the ability as a kid to be influenced by it. Right. And so growing up, it was the nostalgia of the, uh, you know, the badass guys that were, you know, racing down the road, going to fires. And, and you know, as a kid, it's just so impactful. And and to be able to, you know, uh, watch my father be able to do that and it put him up on a pedestal, if you will, of just, you know, um, just puts him above anybody else's father, you know, it's just so cool. And so, you know, that had a huge influence on my upbringing, um, Mm -hmm. had a big influence as to uh, how I fell in love with the job uh, and so on. And um, and so fast forward, uh, old enough to become a firefighter um, volunteer, that is, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was able to get into the firehouse and uh, from that point forward. Um, It just uh, really has shaped me in my life and my family's upbringing in in life and uh, the values that come out of it. And I pass on to my kids and my family. It's Mm -hmm. just an incredible experience. And um, it's very hard to. Uh, it's very hard to explain that to people that aren't in this profession or whether career volunteer and when i talk about the fire service it's it's really there's two for people that don't aren't familiar you know you have two two types of firefighters you have career which is a paid responsibility and then you have your volunteer side which is uh you know serving back to your community at uh, you know at no pay uh it's not on your time and so on so Right. You know, so when we talk about it, I just talk about, you know, firefighting in general and as the job, if you will, or the profession um, and so on. And so uh, I've been fortunate to be in a department that, uh, you know, takes great pride in um, being busy and active and uh, aggressive fire department um, and uh, and so on. So up through my whole upbringing and then into the firehouse, um, I just fell in love with it And and I'm more in love with it today, 26 years now into it. Uh, I'm more in love with the fire service today than I've ever been. And uh, Mm -hmm. I turned 44 years old this year. And uh, about four years ago, I said to my wife, uh, 40 years old, I said, uh, I really wanted to do something different for the fire service that uh, I just thought there was a a gap. And I said, um, it's always been a passion of mine. And I wanted to turn it into more of a full time thing for myself. Uh, instead of just volunteering and going to fires and so on, and so um, she said, well, go after your go after your passion." And um, and so at that point, um, you know, I really wanted to, uh, you know, I thought about different ways, and I I felt that the the current market of how we talk about the fire service um, is very much steeped in tradition, but those traditions have changed, and mm-hmm. if we don't change with the times, uh, the message gets lost. And so what right. I was finding was there's was a huge disconnect between the young and old and the, and the divide was getting greater and greater. And Mm -hmm. so we have to find ways we have to be responsible uh, in any industry, but in in this case, the fire service, we have to find a way to bridge that gap between young and old, right. You know, old school technology and know how versus the new school technology and know how. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, and somebody has to facilitate that conversation. And somebody has to do that education. And so that's where I thought there was a big hole. And so what, you know, um, in 2018, uh, I started National Fire Radio, which was strictly a podcast at the time, and mm-hmm. some social media, but it was really a podcast that was started in my in-laws' garage with a makeshift studio. <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. Awesome. Right? We we can get into all that too, but right. <clears throat> excuse me. We um, and so we start this podcast. Uh, buddy of mine, Rob Ridley, uh, who is uh, my partner in this, and then uh, Sebastian Rolo and and Tucker Daly, and and uh, the list goes on and on of of mm-hmm. people that have helped us over time. Um, but Rob and I really, uh, in Sebi, the three of us, um, from day one, I kind of hooked these guys into this and, uh, you know, they had no idea what they were getting in for, but when I, when I get involved in something, I kinda, I kinda just go and, um, <laughs> what, you know, and what happened with this truthfully was the, the podcast started out and, and I just, I knew there was a gap. I'm sorry. My phone's right in here. I knew there was a gap, um, and we weren't getting that message out so the the goal of the podcast like like in the fire service we value the senior man, the guys that have been there a very long time. And mm-hmm. we want to, we, we need to capture their stories. And then we need to share those stories and make them relatable to the new kids today, because that's how you continue the foundation that they laid their stories carry on that influences the next generation who is making those decisions. And so the podcast was very much about that. Uh, and, uh, and man, that it just uh, it just went quick and the podcast was fun. I love it. I love it. I love capturing the stories of guys and being able to, uh, share them. And we truly bridge that gap between the young and old. And that's the goal of National Fire Radio. And it's, it's snowballed from there. Um, we've become a full social media uh, and podcast platform in regards to the American Fire Service. Um, you know, we're on all the social media channels and uh, the podcast uh, and so on. So we, we have a lot going on. But it was really just the love and passion I have um, for the fire services, what really created uh, the platform and, uh, and what pushes me every single day now with, with what we do.
0: That's awesome. And, and uh, listening to you talk, it makes me think, I think you and I are kind of cut from the same cloth, so to say. Mm. Uh, Same thing. I grew up in a firehouse. My father was a volunteer firefighter for 33 years, uh, past assistant chief. And from the age of probably 12 or 13, I knew I wanted to be in the fire service. Uh, So I spent, about 20 years in the Mattydale fire department where I'm a past chief. Right. retired from there. Uh, spent four or five years as a DOD firefighter, trying to be a career firefighter. I went all up and down the East coast, taking civil service tests. Sure. I just wanted to be a firefighter. Sure. Got a, got a job with, with the federal fire service. And, and I thought it was pretty awesome. Tough work schedule, even back then. Uh, now we're talking like two decades ago. Um, so be, I ended up, Starting a career with 911, but still in public safety. Sure. Um, then, my last few years I spent in the Fairmount Fire Department before I hung up my helmet and gear for good. And my helmets became showpieces, I guess you could say. Right. Uh, but it's that I, I like how you tell you it's that same drive and the same motivation and wanting, you know, trying to be the best. I think that's what you said. Your, your department's always looking for the way to, to try to be the best, to try to do the best. And for sure.
1: And you know, it, it has a lot to do with you know the the fundamental foundations of the fire service is is all about them and not about us, right? So when yeah. you, whether it's a career or volunteer, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're signing up for a very interesting, very interesting profession, right? Yes. Because you're willing to lay down your life for somebody else. And as cliche as that sounds, right? Right? It happens. It yes. happens a lot, and it yep. and we put ourselves in harm's way every single day for complete strangers and people we don't know. And there there's just something about that because it's not for everybody. And a lot of people really can't fathom or understand what goes into that. Right. And, um, and so for that part of it, that kind of creates the culture of who you are. Right. And then the influences you have, I grew up understanding this, um, You know uh calling if you will i understood the sacrifices my father made and the birthdays and holidays he wasn't at and you know and and, and the late nights at the fire and then going to his real job the next day i understand that and and i live it today um and so it's not for everybody um but what that does is that lays a serious foundation and i think for me um that upbringing has really made me who i am today um it's been incredibly impactful and influential on me um, and I wouldn't have it any other way and and mm-hmm. it, with that comes the value of service the value of uh, respect for others the value of compassion there's so much wrapped up into all of this um and it, it really is like the the full i don't know the full package if you will yeah. um, and it it's impactful for sure it, it affects your
0: every day absolutely and you know it's I grew up idolizing and watching the guys that my father worked side by side with and the hours and days they would spend at the firehouse training and, and taking care of the equipment and just finding ways to do business better. And that, that, and that instilled in me that, that sense of service, that sense of drive in in, in the fire service. And it, it, you know, me and some other guys that, that I had guys and girls that I had, you know, grew up with in the firehouse we all were we well watched this and and took it took it to heart and took it and, and ingrained it in our own work ethic when it came to our turn to work in the firehouse um and For sure. it, it's just one of those things that and now that i'm one of the the old guys you know at 47 i'm one of the old guys um it, it, i see some of the kids that we uh, that i you know had the opportunity to train as they were young firemen, they were coming up and now they're station captains, you know, and th- I get a sense of accomplishment from that, but then I turn around and and, and the, the volunteer fire service here in upstate New York, I don't know about downstate, but upstate, it's in a tough, tough way. Uh, the volunteers just aren't there anymore. Um, there's a lot of relying on the department next door or departments next door sure. in order to get sure. the job done. It's Have everywhere. Yeah. You know, have you noticed that same kind of shift since we started, you know, 25 oh, sure. years ago?
1: You know, but 25 years ago, we were also having the same conversations, too.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like and and so, you know,
1: it's it's funny because you you consistently hear the same conversation over and over and over. And what it comes down to truly is what are you doing about it? Right. The culture of the type of department you have and a culture you have set forward, um, you know, for myself with National Fire Radio, I travel all over the country. Uh, we see different fire departments in all different states. Um, mm-hmm. We see career, we see volunteer, we see paid on call, you name it. We've done it. We've documented it. We've we've talked to people and so on. The, the volunteer fire service in the United States is suffering. Yes. Um, big time. And it's yes. not a regional thing. Uh, it's all over and it, it could be uh from your affluent communities down to um your very uh tough inner cities that still maintain a volunteer service right and everything in between and it it doesn't have so much to do in my eyes it doesn't have so much to do with um with the demographics of the area it has everything to do with uh time yes. you know when when you when you start thinking about conversations of you know when you engage somebody what do they always complain about they don't complain about money Really? I mean, you know, everybody would love to have some more money in their pocket, but you know, nobody complains about money. They complain about time. time. I just don't have yep. time. Yep. You know, I'm running out of time. I owed you a bio for this show today. It took me three weeks to get it to <laughs> you because it's, you know, like every uh-huh. like everything in life, right? You have to prioritize because we're yes. so inundated. And and today more than ever, uh, I think we we are truly busier because we're more engaged on a higher level than we ever used to be. You know, yes. when people worked, you know, I, I mean, when my father used to work, he'd come home from work and he turned it off. Right. Like you you have that separation. You no longer in, in today's society have a separation from anything. Right. I mean, you're always engaged. Um, you know, this this device right here, which is probably the most influential, you know, invention ever. Right. Yes. Um, yep. What this does, though, is this now holds us accountable 24 hours a day. And so you don't have the ability to turn it off. And so where I'm going with this is that times have changed. Uh, People's priorities are different. Um, A lot of, uh, you know, years ago, Main Street USA, uh, July 4th parades and civic minded people. It's because they were able to compartmentalize lives. and, And so they had that time because nothing else was filling the gaps at the time. And now you don't really have gaps anymore because when you do have a five minute gap, it's this. Right. Yes. It's it's yeah. uh, it's you're staying engaged more. And so for me, the way I view it is very simply this, that that civic minded, uh, more spare time uh, and true. I mean, economics have something to do with it. Two jobs. Kids yep. have sports. Um, yep. You know, I find a lot of guys in, in my area as they develop uh, and grow up with families their time dwindles because obviously they want to spend more time with their families and their children and then sport it you know, sports and activities and the list goes on and on. Right. Yep. But at the end of the day, uh, that is truly what I think is affecting the volunteer fire service in the country is mm-hmm. time. Yep. Um, you know, we talk, you know, they, they talk a lot about uh, you know, the training, you know, we require more than we ever used to and things like that. And I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a proponent of saying, yeah, we need to reduce training or anything else. I think you need to be in a, in a profession like this. And again, profession, whether you're getting a paycheck or not, it's profession and you need to be proficient and you need to have, you need to have top shelf training. Times have changed. Our environments have changed. Fires have changed. Building construction has changed. Everything's changes over time. So you have to stay current. So Mm -hmm. the training is just part of the aspect of time. Mm -hmm. And so what we need is more time, but Unfortunately, that's what's working against us. And so it's becoming a challenge um, yes. for sure. And you're yep. seeing it up where you are. We're seeing it down here. Mm-hmm. Um, what it takes is proactive forward thinking by the leadership and the members to admit there's a problem
0: and then you go find a solution. And I think that's the biggest the biggest hang up with the, with the fire service is admitting there's a problem, admitting there's an issue and doing something to fix it. Head I, in the sand all the time. Uh, uh, you know, it change, it, change in the fire service comes slow. Every fire department in the U.S. hates change. Um, it's slow to come by. I recognize. Well, we, we, hate,
1: we hate change, but we want change. We want that, change. That's yeah.
0: that, yeah, which is the funniest thing, right? 100 years of progress being impeded by tradition. Right. Um, it, you know, I recognized 15, 16 years ago when I was a chief officer that we were. Starting to go down a road where it was going to get a lot tougher to keep butts in the seats. And it was going to really take some forward thinking, like you said, and creative thinking in order to get butts in the seats when it counts. Um, I There's some departments around me that have done really well with it. You know, they have bunk programs and live-in programs and, and um, benefits to the members to be in the fire station. So there's some departments around me that do super good at it other ones they keep trudging along like it's 1996 and hope that if they you know hit the tones enough that somebody's gonna show up. And I think that in, in this day and age because of time and that everybody everybody schedules every hour of their day that the, even the, the volunteers should be able to schedule their time in the firehouse unfortunately.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, there's a, there's a lot to all that. Right. But like yeah. at the end of the day where like my, my personal take on everything um, is accountability, yeah. personal accountability, right. Mm-hmm. When, when you take on, whether, you know, you, you, your, your profession, your career, you're married. So you have a spouse, you, then you have decide to have children, you have children, right. You're a volunteer fireman or career fireman. These are all things in life that you have to be accountable for. And I think what, I think what's happening more and more is that there's a lack of self accountability. There's a, there's a lack of um, responsibility as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we love, I, you know, th- there are a lot of people, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, you know, call it as it is type of guy. And there's a lot of people in this world that love to point fingers. And there's a lot of people that love the point at fault. Yes. Now, how many guys are stepping up and saying mm-hmm. we have a problem. We're going to make a change. Not many. Many people love to point out flaws, people love to point out the issues, but how many people are willing to get in the trenches and fix it Or, or try to facilitate the conversation to have changes happen? Mm -hmm. And so that comes down to the accountability, right? That comes down to, you know, you're the chief of a department that's not being progressive and proactive at recruiting and retaining members and addressing the problems, or you're a chief that's been there for 26 years in the chief position in the volunteer world. It's very popular all over the country. And we, and I, listen, I talk to people all over the country who are stymied in their positions that they have people in their departments that want to do more and be better, but they're held down. And a lot of times that comes from just the fact that, you know, complacency and people aren't comfortable with change and forward progression because they might be forgotten. Most people who limit forward progression and let their people do their thing, are have lack of confidence in their own skill sets, you know, mindset, and the fact that they haven't kept up in and in, in, uh, remained active in, in their training and understanding of new concepts and, and new methodology and tactics. And so, you know, this is very prevalent. And this happens career or volunteer fire service, you have leaders that don't lead, you have leaders that that hold their people back and don't allow organizations to
0: flourish. Yep, and 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 just to touch on that, leaders that lead, and I and I talk about this because I do some consulting work, and I talk about it with the consulting work is that leaders lead. You lead your group, you empower your group, you uh, allow your team, you, to take you know personal investment into what you're trying to accomplish, whatever the mission might be. If you're a manager and you're just going through each day and just Putting out fires because that's what you do, and you just take one crisis at a time. That's where I think that that, that you know a lot of fire service leaders could learn from. Um, I, you know, I, I talked about I had the, the the ability to learn from some great some. Of, I I probably was in a volunteer firehouse with probably some of the best firefighters I ever got to work with, and that's career and volunteer because I I worked for a DOD and and those firefighters sure. that I work with were outstanding. But some of the best firefighters that I've ever worked with not only started in the volunteer ranks, they went through and spent many years, decades, and and a lot of them went on to be career firefighters. And, you know, now it's just because of time constraints, because everybody's working two and three jobs, you know, you don't have that large influx of people. And when they are there, they're there for a short period of time and then they get consumed by what are in it probably for good reason, but
1: don't, but don't forget that we need, like, if you're going to be there, right. Mm -hmm. We need to get the maximum out of them when they can be there. Right. And, and so, you know, that comes down to, um, really a a sure leadership in a position where you want to maximize your people to the most potential they can give you in the amount of time they can give you. And I think that message gets lost because we, we like to hold people accountable when it's, when it's convenient, you know? Um, and, 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 you know, and, and when you think about that, it's, uh, you know, some things are not an issue other and then petty things become an issue. And, and so the, the, the consistency and all of that becomes troubling. Um, and so, you know, it's tough, man. It, it's tough to be a valued strong leader with Mm -hmm. conviction and understanding how to control people, um, how to manage people and how to boost people up. But some of the best managers I've ever seen are people that let their people do what they do best.
0: Absolutely. Let them, let them do what they do best. Let them do their jobs and let them make a decision. If, if, if it's, if it's the right decision, pat them on the back. If it's the wrong decision, then let's talk about it and see how we can do this better. For sure.
1: And, and there's always a way to correct. And not all of us are perfect and leaders that can admit fault up front leaders that can admit, um, you know, that they're looking for ideas and creativity and truly value, what mm-hmm. the people will put forward; those people will work harder. I know some incredible bosses that um, their people will do anything for them, and it's mm-hmm. because they have that mutual respect and understanding of each other's positions, and then that common ground that they both make each other better. Yes. And when you have when you have a, a an environment like that, whether it's in the private sector, in the fire service, or anywhere else in between, yep. that's
0: where success comes from. But if right. you don't have if you don't have that, success is so far off. Yeah, no doubt. I used to, I, I laugh now when I think about it, but it, when I was fire chief, it, the guys and girls, you know, if if they needed something and I was the only one in the building and it could be a maintenance issue with one of the trucks and they'd walk in chief, I got to, I got to tell you about this. And I'd always be like, hang on, is this a, a something going on with the, with the trucks A maintenance issue? Yeah. Did you talk to the Lieutenant or captain that that's in charge of that first before you came walking in here to tell me, well, no, go start with them. Go talk to them, see if they have a solution for you. If they need me to know, they'll tell me about it. <laughs> and usually they kind of they'd kind of sure. look at you. But that's that was me trying to empower my my line officers to be line officers.
1: Sure. And setting the culture for your people to understand that there's a chain of command it, and that right. you know you they need to empower the people need to empower the leader, the leader needs to empower the people, and everything works itself out for sure.
0: And yep. for sure. Uh, it, it was an interesting ride for me, you know. I I say all the time that that you know I miss I miss the fire service. I miss doing the job. I don't miss a lot of the crap that came along with being in charge of doing the job, but I miss doing the job every day. I miss riding fire truck, driving fire truck. Um, but uh, like you said, for me, it's time. And and you know, you know, I started out as a junior fireman at 14 years sure. old, and by the time I was done, I was you know 42. So it, I could.
1: I could never envision myself walking away from it. Yeah. You know, I, I just, it's hard. just couldn't, I have, I have so many irons in the fire and yet I still value that engine. I still value going to fires. And I think for me, you know, and I, this is me, right. Yep. And and the reason why I say that is because I'm, I'm so in love with the craft of it. I am so yeah. in love with getting dirty, getting beaten up, <laughs> challenging myself, You know, um, working, I mean, there is nothing, I mean, literally nothing better than a good fire coming out and just getting and regrouping with your crew and just having an incredible conversation. Because nowhere, nowhere, unless you're in an environment like that, could you ever understand the power of that conversation and the power of what everybody just went through to a successful conclusion, right? Uh, making uh, yes. that push, and then holding yourself accountable for it, and yep. holding yourself accountable if you didn't follow through on what you should have done, or you could have done better, and understanding that. Um, some of my favorite um, pictures from the fireground are when you're out and you're you're regrouping with your crew. I mean, the power of that conversation. I can't even. I, I can't even put it into words. What you feel, and people that aren't in the fire service just would have—they couldn't even—they couldn't fathom. I mean, no. military, police, things like that, where you're you're challenged under unbelievable conditions to perform, and you perform well, and you do your job. And you know, yep. we don't come out looking for recognition; we come out to high five each other and say, "Man, that went great. What an incredible you know experience. But what could we have done better? We build our crew from that. Absolutely. We get stronger, and we learn yep. from it. But that, to me, man, I just, I could never, I could, I have to have that in my life. And that's what, <laughs> that's what pushes me, man, because right. that's the challenge. I mean, I enjoy everything else I do in life. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have, I have a lot going on, but man, there is nothing better than the first do fire and, and going to work and, and everything that comes from that, the, the, you know, the, uh, the self push of yourself and testing your own limits, putting yourself through what you just went through, but also the aftermath and the camaraderie and the closeness and brotherhood you have with the people that you're with. And that what you guys, what you share
0: is just indescribable. Truly. It's, it's so, you know, I'm sitting here thinking that I have, I have more stories and like, so my wife, she she's never been anywhere around the firehouse and doesn't know anything about public safety. So I'll try to share stories that pop into my brain every now and again, but she kind of, you know, humors me and goes along with it. And so I don't have anybody to tell stories to. And and I tell you what, I I remember a lot of the good stuff. I remember every mistake. Um, Sure. You know, so in realistically these days for me, the outside of an odd conversation, the only one I have to talk about uh, uh, the fire service was my old man, but you know, his fire service was from the early to mid 80s and mine was the, it. it was the early to mid 90s. So um, we, we a lot of times we have a very difference in, in opinion on, on stuff that's going on, um, which
1: makes for which makes for great storytelling.
0: Absolutely. And that's that's how this this podcast was started. Just my my, you know, memories of sitting, sitting in the firehouse, sitting in the kitchen. Drinking whatever beverage, coffee, whatever, and, and, and like we were talking about off camera, was solving all the world's problems in an hour or two. We would talk That's about right. the fire service and cure every ailment of the fire service, and then we talk national news.
1: You have, you know, in the firehouse, you have uh, doctors, lawyers, accountants, um, and, and truly, they might not be but they're your sounding board, right? Like, yes. you know, we, we, you know, the interesting thing about the volunteer fire service is you get people from all walks of life, every single type of profession, uh, from doctors to, you know, uh, and everything in between. Right. And so, uh, you know, you get, you get that influence, but it's incredible to watch. Um, because what, what I always talk about in the fire services, it doesn't matter people outside of the, People outside of the fire service don't understand how you can be friends with an eighteen-year-old man and a and a ninety-five-year-old gentleman, right? And everybody in between, because in the yep. fire service there is no age. There's no mm-hmm. age. We we don't we don't treat people different. in In the real world, we do. We talk to people differently based upon where they are and compared to you in your life. And you, you know, you talk to an 18 year old kid, you treat them like it, more of a kid, if you will, and and yep. so on. And and you coddle them maybe a little bit more. The older gentleman, you you show them, you know the, that that sh- you know uh, however you talk to older people, right? And and then everything in between. But at the firehouse, there's no distinction. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't care what age you because we're all doing that same job. Right. There's a mutual respect for everybody. There's a mutual understanding that we have a job to do and that we all treat each other as equals. And, you know, with everything going on in this world, it's funny for me as a fireman to sit here and go like I like what (laughs) the fire service. Like we I don't know. I mean, everybody is the same person in my eyes. Like we don't you don't distinguish between race ethnicity no religion like it's not even it's not even a question no right it doesn't even it doesn't even come up right and and when you i wish the world could take a page out of the playbook of the american fire service when it comes to how to talk to people and how to deal with problems and how to uh treat people equally because yes you know for so long in a profession where you know at the end of the day as cliche it is you know, it might be your last alarm. You put yourself in harm's way, right? Yep. Almost, you know, daily. And so, you know, what happens is, is like, we don't have time for all that nonsense in between. And so, you know, we, I, not that we're perfect, not that the fire service is perfect, but man, for a long time, we've understood that whoever you are doesn't matter because when that bell goes off, there's mm-hmm. one job that has to be done. Yep. And I don't care who you are. I don't care what you look like or what you believe in. All I care about is you're going to be where you need to be when I need you to be there because the team makes the job go. And so. So true. Yeah. So true. So. So think about that. And and so people outside of the fire service can't understand how when I have a barbecue at my house and and it's an open invite, like always. Right. (laughs) Like I get you know, I get I get 18 year old guys Uh, from the firehouse and I got and I got guys in their you know, like 70s, 80s and 90s showing up because we're brothers. It's the camaraderie. It's the love. It's that common love for the fire service. And then that mutual respect we have for one another, because nobody outside of what we do can even understand what we do. And so that part of it to me is the world. And I cherish that to no end. And so that's where to bring it back around a little bit. That's what national fire radio really is all about is sharing that passion and educating, educating young and old about how important it is to uh, take care of one another, to mm-hmm. look out for one another, and to make this job continue to be the best thing ever.
0: Some of my closest friends to this day came from the firehouse, for sure, I, hands down, hundred percent. My closest friends that I that I still interact with today came from the firehouse. Um, some of them are still in the fire service, and it's it, like you said, it's just it, it, it is, it's that that even across, you know where you stand. For the most part, with everybody in that fire station, you know where you stand in their lives, and there's that mutual respect. There's that, like you said, we don't pull any punches,
1: brother. No way, we do we well, pull any punches. Like I don't care who you are, we will. You will be called out. Your bullshit doesn't fly. Oh, like yeah. all of that, and oh, yeah. so, and and that's the thing. That's the thing. That's where we don't tolerate the nonsense. Right. And that's what I was referring to before. I don't care who you are. You're there to do that job. Let's do that job. And I don't care. You know, um, I don't care what happened 20 minutes earlier. We'll talk about that later. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care. You're up, I don't care. We're there to do this job. And then from that mutual respect of doing the job comes all the other stuff that is just incredible and powerful. Yes. Right. The firehouse is an incredibly diverse place. Incredibly diverse. But when it's time to go, it's go time, and, and yep. there is there is nothing that can stand in the
0: way of that. No doubt, no doubt. Hey, uh, what kind of uh, great things you have on the horizon for National Fire Radio? Oh my God, uh, we're uh, starting
1: to travel again, so we got okay. some trips coming up. Um, you know, part of what we do with with National Fire Radio outside of the podcast and the uh, social media hacks and and things that we do, and when I say hacks, we we love to share. Um, tips, tricks and hacks within the fire service. So, um, you know, whether you're in California, Alaska, Iowa, Texas, New Jersey, it doesn't matter, right? But the fire service is very different depending on where you are. And so you're influenced by your region. And what we've been able to do with our platform is kind of uh, educate firefighters across the country, let alone the world. I mean, it's crazy the impact, but mm-hmm. on how people do it elsewhere, because sometimes there's a better way to do it. And if you've never seen it before or don't know about it, you're missing out. And so right. we've been able to, uh, we do a lot of uh, fire apparatus, uh, content where, uh, we talk about tips, tricks, and hacks on how people yep. design, build and operate their apparatus, which is just, uh, you know, it's, that's been super impactful for the, for the, uh, For the platform. Um, We do a lot of work with different manufacturers. So what what we found very early on is that um, in this industry, a lot of the manufacturers are struggling to um, build creative that is appealing to the fire service and and firefighters. Uh, A lot of it is polished corporate marketing and ad space that really nobody cares about um and it doesn't really sell the product or educate the consumer and the consumer is me you and everybody else that uses it right Right. so we work we work in conjunction with uh, different manufacturers building creative for their marketing teams so that they can kind of market and advertise from the inside out instead of from the outside in um and so that's been very good we have some big projects coming up with that in the next few months um we do a lot of conferences we we uh you know, we like to see what's going on out there. We get invited to different conferences and do live podcasting um, and uh, educational pieces and social media for different conferences. Uh, and, um, you know, some of my favorite stuff is moderating. Um, I love to moderate roundtables. Nice. Um, you know, we do an event called the On Tap Series, which mm-hmm. is where we take over, you know, we'll take over a tap house or a bar. Uh, you know, uh, you got a cover charge to come in and we bring in an internationally recognized speaker. And instead of learning in a classroom setting, uh, we turn it into what we call a brotherhood event with uh, live podcasting bagpipes playing. And then we get a live speaker for about 45 minutes to an hour to, you know, give that educational piece. And then the rest of the night is just a celebration of, of friendships and um, fellowship and, and brotherhood. So um, those events, uh, unfortunately during COVID really got put on the back burner, right. uh, but uh, we're firing those back up as uh, things are starting to happen again. So we just we always have a lot going on. Um, Good. And I, I think, A lot of that has to do with the fact that this industry just needs more. Um, You know, something that's really cool for me is that when we started what we do uh, three years ago, there wasn't a lot of um, extra influences in the fire service. You know, we had there were your main uh, couple channels and platforms that had big influence in the service, but there weren't there wasn't much happening underneath that um, on the channels that matter. Uh, you know, when I say channels that matter it's you got to look at where the attention is today. And if you're not, uh, you know, look at you, you have a podcast. And why? Because audio is big and, and podcast yep. helps build your business. Podcast helps build your brand, your personality and everything else. Right. So understanding that and then relating that to the end consumer is, is so important. And And so a lot of these more traditional platforms are missing the boat on that and have missed the boat on it. And unfortunately, now it is for a lot of them is playing catch up and it's too late. And so the environment's changing in the American fire service very quickly. And a lot of people haven't even recognized that yet. Mm -hmm. And so what's happening is, is that it's left a lot of opportunity on the table. And so, um, you know, anywhere where we can be to spread the word, uh, get the message out there and uh, and create a presence is super important to me because our message is on point and it's very much you know we are protecting and capturing the traditions and cultures of the fire service and that to me is more important than anything Um, tactics are important understanding how to how to train correctly and and so when we do go to work we know and have the skills to do so hugely important Mm -hmm. but we can't let the institution of the american fire service dwindle because we're not doing our part to make sure we're pushing that ahead. Right. So super important for us. Um, And that's the mission. That's always been the mission and that will continue to be the mission for a long time to come. That's awesome. Are you, uh, are you on clubhouse? I am. Love it. Yeah. It it is a game changing uh, platform. Uh, I host, I moderated one last night and it was just incredible. Um, We are, I'm putting a lot behind it. Um, there is a lot more coming out. Um, our club is growing pretty quickly and we're trying to grow the presence of um, fire service uh, people on that platform. Uh, but there is just so much to that, man. And oh, I am yeah. pumped. So I'm glad you're on that because uh, I think there's a lot there
0: for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've been checking it out and trying to to find my place on that platform because like you said, that is a game changer by far.
1: It just, it, the, the potential on it is massive because, yes. um, you know, the, the audio quality alone is fantastic, which is super important when you're doing anything like this, as you know. But, you know, it, it also allows you to create a large influence on on uh, really a, a non-obstructed way, right? Yeah. I mean, yep. it. and so last night we had some uh, heavy hitters from the American Fire Service that – uh, we're in that room last night and and they're up on the stage talking and, you know, there's 18, 19 year old kids in there that were listening and they didn't even realize who these guys are. Mm-hmm. And so we can, we can build a platform out where we can really capture the essence of who these foundation, these bricklayers were in the fire service and share that. And these kids, if they didn't go to a conference or a chance encounter would never have the ability to engage these fire service leaders. Right. And now on this, now on the clubhouse platform, Uh, man, dude, like these kids can, can dial in, ask a question and talk to some of the biggest names in the fire service from the, from the comfort of their, you know, uh, recliner. Uh, It, it just think about that, The, 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 the potential on that's massive. So I love the platform. We're building it out. Um, we do, I do, I host an open mic series on it. Um, which is pretty cool, um, and so you know that type of content, man. You're gonna see more of that, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's the type of stuff that you know people got to be in tune with. You got to be able to pivot. You got to yes. be able to, um, you know. I enjoyed COVID as much as it limited our travel. I enjoyed it because it kind of shook the. It kind of shook the uh, the American fire service in in regards to the business end of things. Uh, it kind of uh, set some people apart. There were hustlers that found and pivoted and found ways to produce content and continue their brand building while others just packed it up for the year and Mm -hmm. and wrote it off and said we'll be back next year when things get better and guess what i mean here we are in 2021 and we're in march things are getting better but they're not there yet Mm -hmm. and so you know all these people that packed it up see ya you guys are
0: you guys are going to be 18 months behind before you you know when you get back out on the field so COVID was the reason i started this podcast there you go. You know, it was the reason i finally decided to take that jump off the cliff. Cause I don't know, you know, I've said it before. I don't know if I would have started, if I was still, you know, doing other busy work that, you know, it gave me the opportunity to start the, and now, now it's hard to believe I'm 52 episodes into it. Uh, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. That's great. I, it really. So I, I appreciate you taking the time. I, I value your time. And, and I think we could sit here and talk, talk shop for two hours um but i i value i value your time here today um how what 's the best way for people to connect with you as far as social or otherwise yeah very easy um you know we 're all over social media platforms
1: instagram facebook um youtube you name it we 're out there it 's just national fire radio um mm-hmm. email if anybody wants to get a hold of me on email it 's just national fire radio at gmail.com. kept that nice and simple yep. Uh, and so on and um you can go on our pages and you can find where we are and we 're very approachable um you know authenticity and engagement is massive. Um, we're, we're transparent, we're hundred percent authentic. Uh, and at the end of the day, um, I try to answer, you know, as many and, and all, if I can DMS and, and emails and so on. So, um, you know, and, and that's super important because I do appreciate every single person that we could potentially impact mm-hmm. is so good for the, fu- for the job. Yep. You know, it's so good for the fire service. And so for me, it's incredible. The, the amount of people that reach out. I mean, you, we get we get people daily asking for advice and, and uh, looking for opportunities and all this. And so it's healthy and it's good. And, uh, you know, the fire service is good and I'm just such a proud supporter of it. And I love being heavily involved and it's just been awesome.
0: That's great. Well, like I said, Jeremy, thanks. Thanks for taking the time to, to speak with me here today. Uh, I think, uh, you know, any anybody that's involved in the fire service can pull a lot of value out of what we discussed and talked about here today. Awesome. Um, and I hope that hopefully we can do it again here in, in the near future. I'd love to be able to bring you back on.
1: Yeah, man, it'd be great. You know, we can, we can certainly uh, line that up and I wish you much success with your podcast and uh, keep pushing, man, because uh, the world
0: needs more of this. So it's Absolutely. good. Absolutely, Cool. Great. Give me your signature sign off. Jeremy national fire radio with that. Everybody take care of yourselves, (laughs) take care of each other. Have a great day. Take care, brother.
1: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in this week and listening to another episode on the National Fire Radio podcast channels. We truly appreciate the support. We thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to our interviews, our roundtables, our discussions. It means the world. Like, share, leave a comment. The more we engage, the more we can grow and push the word out and keep making this job better.